chapter one of transition this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. transition by emma francis brooke chapter one women first class kemble h girton equal to six second class none the reference was to the classical tripos at cambridge and those pleasant words crowned miss honora kemble's very satisfactory career at the university she read the list on the senate house door with the most vivid sense of delight she had ever experienced in an age when women are winners all round she saw herself as one predestined to be the particular favourite of fortune every tower and pinnacle was glorified in the triumph of the moment but miss kemble's head was a strong one and walking rather deliberately with a self-collected air she carried her honours with admirable nerve and composure all the way down the high street very few university folk remained and of these the aspect was jaded and worn amongst them were a few girl students who were out on the same errand as herself three stood laughing and chattering on the pavement near king's Noonham, said honora to herself as she passed the group with a majestic air that is miss kemble of girton her coach told me she would have had a higher place in the first only it has been such a very good year you know what a woman she is she looks simply splendid the words were quite audible and reached miss kemble's ear many such phrases distributed over many terms from small adoring students had gradually shaped in her imagination a very beautiful and complete creature honora turned into queen's that was her favourite college she passed erasmus's tower and came to the rustic bridge the silence of a hot summer's day reigned the river was too still to disturb the ear with the smallest ripple every leaf and twig slumbered and the only movement was the stealing of light in and out between the shades it was an hour and a moment favourable to the deep historic sense of things and it arrested honora a sigh of delight escaped her and with it some of her well-guarded elation she paused resting her hand upon the bridge and looking towards the buildings everybody said and by everybody all girton is meant that miss kemble's ideas were remarkable and that she was never known to utter a commonplace word if erasmus could see me now she thought if stepping through that archway in his long doctor's cloak and with his bent dreamy head and thin sarcastic lips he looked up and found me here and raised a rebuking finger and questioned me as to my right how wonderfully i could answer him even erasmus could not have foretold me men are as god made them neither better nor worse nor much changed from the beginning progress is with us the women of my century are not the women of his you can measure time by its women and here on this bridge i honora kemble just a nineteenth-century woman no more can stand fearlessly ready to confront erasmus or anybody face to face she leaned over the bridge and looked smilingly down into the sluggish peaceful river 
it has been slow but it is here she murmured in the foremost ranks of time that is a splendid feeling i am a woman only a woman they used to say and i am behind no one i am abreast of the foremost a knowledge of genuine acquirement furnished a substantial basis for her pleasant self-congratulation she was amongst the first half-dozen classics for the year only five men had beaten her whereas she had beaten three or four times that number from the university point of view that was indeed to take precedence in the world whereupon her mind was hurried away by all sorts of visions in every one of which she saw herself moving as the happy victor of circumstance but a memory strong and vivid from the prose world of every day suddenly dispersed this dreaming she looked up rather abruptly and turned again towards the arch in presence of this new thought her hand dropped from the bridge and she stood upright with an alert happy expression in her eyes the phantom of erasmus had disappeared it was still only in imagination but coming through the arch the eye of her mind beheld the figure of a man of middle height and square set form wearing the modern academic cap and gown and advancing towards her with a kind smile of congratulation it was in imagination merely but it was clear and vivid it led her to seek over the old building for one particular pair of windows upon which when they were discovered her eyes rested those used to be mr littleton's rooms she said to herself i wonder who has them now a year passed away honora left the university and returned home her home was a rectory in one of the most northern of the midland counties to the end everything in her career at college had been as it should be and every one was satisfied with her and with it indeed she carried a kind of glory away with her and left a reputation behind amongst the younger and lesser girton students it had always been the fashion to adore her to win a word or a nod from miss kemble raised the self-respect of the more timid aspirants to education this courageous and successful young woman who marched straight forward and captured the citadel whatever it might be was in herself an earnest of things to come she had done credit to her sex and her sex was proud of her reflected rays were cast around and all the little students basked in them and thought of the greatness of woman then too the lecturers tutors and professors had all of them been cordial and respectful in their bearing to honora honora had seized on the advantages comprehended in an all-round education and had not concentrated herself too entirely upon classics she had dipped into a good many things and was able to talk easily and brightly upon many topics that made her a very pleasant companion and her straightforward direct manner was an additional charm everything in the academic time had been a cheery preparation for an easy and prosperous career through life and now the preparation was over and the enterprise had begun the rectory lay in a land that gradually sloped off from a wild and hilly district to a fruitful and pastoral plain honora had returned only to-day and stood in the evening hour alone looking round the room that was to be her own her finger was laid thoughtfully on her lips and she was eyeing things with critical and re reconstructive glances for her habitual consciousness was of culture and just now she felt a want of harmony between herself and the homely surroundings of her bedroom 
it was a long low pleasant room with two wide casement windows having broad old-fashioned window seats creepers grew outside across one lower pane lay a branch of the gloire de dijon heavy with roses that is very pretty said honora i shall leave the rose-tree as it is the windows were wide open and the twitter of birds the far-off lowing of cattle and the distant voices of children came in with the scent of flowers and a warm june sunlight honora began to move gently about the wide and sunny place putting it to rights first she occupied herself with two large cases of college books in her hand was a dust-brush and as she lifted a book from the case she dusted it before placing it on the shelf the room was well furnished throughout but with strict and old-fashioned simplicity upon the walls were no pictures save one over the mantelpiece there in a wooden frame hung an illuminated text done in stiff letters in fading colours and with imperfect execution the illumination had hung there ever since honora could remember it was the handiwork of her dead mother and she believed that it had been placed there by her own hands honora never dreamed of taking it down the words of the text were as follows be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding every now and then as she dusted and arranged her book she turned her head and looked at the text with a frown honora was certainly handsome she was of good height and slim and she had a quantity of rippling hair of a pleasant brown colour which she wore loosely twisted in a knot on the crown of her head her features were good and her eyebrows well marked beneath them were a good enough pair of brown eyes but they were wanting in warm sensitive shadows and were singularly unhistorical that which gave the face real beauty was the clever brow and the living health of the complexion besides which she had a particularly pleasant mouth the upper lip ran upwards in the centre with a very pretty curve and a fullness as though some bee had stung it and the shortness of the lip caused her to show her teeth prettily every time she spoke a beautiful mouth is a great gift to women the last thing that honora took out of the case was a small box containing a few things that were either breakable or were particularly treasured she unlocked it lying at the top was the framed cabinet portrait of a man she lifted it out dusted it and then holding it before her in her rather large capable hands looked again at the mantelpiece and at the inscription which bade her not to resemble the mule i really cannot place leslie littleton under that text said she where shall i put him she glanced round the room then back to the mantel-shelf and held out the picture as though trying to see whether by any chance the incompatible could become compatible finally she decided that nothing could bring the horse and the mule into line with certain distinguished memories connected with the man whom the portrait represented the most suitable position was the bureau and she placed it amongst the pens and ink and the sheets of paper which she intended to cover with her clever handwriting and after that the arrangement of the pleasant bedroom was complete and she walked to the window it was dull at present dull in the out-of-the-way country rectory but life drew after her as naturally as seas after a moon and it could not be long before even here she surrounded herself by a circle 
and turned existence into a prolonged and exquisite perambulation through a greek garden beauty and philosophy following in her steps i shall rise early said she and read greek before breakfast that will keep me up for the day it is the greek spirit i wish to cultivate the clock struck and she started from her dream it was time to go downstairs honora's taste was formed upon the latest aesthetic model but the adornment of the rectory from attic to cellar was solid old-fashioned and puritanic as she peeped into one room after another on her way downstairs she silently concluded that her parents in their youth had preferred things ugly she determined to run up to london to procure a few art things for being sole mistress now there was no reason why the upholstery and furniture should not be gradually revolutionized to suit her taste the drawing-room caused her some very unpleasant surmises and when she reached it she paused at the door looking round with a face of dismay it had been stationary since its first furnishing no hand having modified or improved a thing the curtains and chair covers were green undoubtedly green of course she had seen it a thousand times before but her absences from home had been prolonged and to-day the crude colour mounted as a fume to the brain whose visual sense had been carefully developed and cultivated honora made a horrified grimace she closed her lids and pressed her little bit of a cambric handkerchief against them je suis tombé en verre she exclaimed aloud with a little laugh the problem before her was undoubtedly a tough one the table was a heavy handsome machine exactly pitched in the centre of the floor so it had stood for thirty years at least this rigidity was depressing honora glancing round the room found everything to match no one had made the least effort to bring the place into line with the prevailing idea of beauty as she swept into the room pausing beside the centre-table to look at the books and to drop them impatiently she was as conscious of discrepancy between herself and her surroundings as she would have been had the young charmides entered in person charmides was a kind of ideal to honora of course matters could be brought a little more into accord with her taste by degrees but it was disheartening to discover that everything was hideous and that so much had to be done she must impress her own personality upon the house and freshen it up from attic to cellar she liked things brand new just as she liked her ideas new that is in the sense of being the latest craze by such little things was indicated the proper savoir-faire and savoir-vivre she had a momentary feeling of being surrounded by decay and passing to the window she stood there gazing out with damped spirits i wonder when i shall see or hear from leslie littleton again said she in unwonted depression the world seemed very far away she thought of it for a moment as a departing tide but only for a moment her self-sufficiency was superb with sudden alacrity she turned away and passed out of the room and down the passage to her father's study where she knocked at the door come in said a rather tremulous old voice of great sweetness in tone honora opened the door and stood on the threshold without advancing her father was seated at a table covered with books 
some papers lay beside him but the sheets were blank and he did not appear to have been writing she saw an open bible and one or two volumes upon theology the study was rather dimly lighted by a single square window and was sparely furnished saving that one side of it from floor to ceiling was entirely covered by books over the mantelpiece were two pencil sketches of oriel college oxford and of st mary's church of that university the dates beneath were in the forties the glance which he turned to honora upon her entrance made her wonder for the moment whether he really saw her so hazy was it with visions of its own he was a venerable-looking man not tall and somewhat spare in figure with a thin fine face and white hair the eyes were of a light colour and were short-sighted the liquidity of youth had not so much passed away from them as is common in advanced age they were full of expression they had the saintly look as though the doors of the kingdom had been opened to him and he had retained within them some ray from that glory his figure was not that of a weak man and if his shoulders stooped a little it was but the habit of the lonely scholar with all his learning and honora always thought of this as being of an archaic quality he was very human and when an apprehension of the brilliant figure in the doorway took possession of him all the father within him expanded and the mundane and secular returned he remembered his horace dulce redentum la lagem amabo dulce loquentum said he yes nebula malusque jupiter urget will do very nicely to describe the atmosphere of your study with all these terrible old books replied honora promptly when her father began the quotation she smiled in grateful surprise the answering pride on his face as she capped it relieved the sense of gloom under which her spirits had sunk in the green drawing-room and shaking her head back with a bright look she came on from the doorway her father found her aspect very sparkling and fine she carried all this brilliancy right to the old horsehair sofa and sat down dear father i hope my home-coming will be a comfort to you said she carissima he responded in a low quiet voice slowly and with an indescribably significant movement passing his fine old hand over the open pages of the bible honora felt touched she knew not why she recalled almost with self-reproach that she intended to revolutionize the furniture and though she had no idea of relinquishing her design she hoped very much that he would not mind and registered a vow to be considerate and defer to him wherever it was possible when a few moments afterwards the servant announced supper and with old-fashioned grace he rose and opened the door for her and signed that she should precede him she felt that she should never have to be ashamed of him even if a greater than leslie littleton came to visit her for was he not a scholar and a gentleman the advent of leslie littleton was nearer than she supposed as she sat opposite to her father at that miscellaneous evening meal which forced forced her to regret dinner in hall he cleared his throat and began a new topic my dear you remember mr littleton honora sat suddenly upright she had been drooping back in her chair and crumbling the bread yes of course she added emphatically after an infinitesimal pause i received a letter of very kind congratulation from him this morning said the rector congratulation honora upon your attainments and success 
why did not mr littleton write to me father asked honora in surprise the old rector wore a diffident air are you such great friends honora said he why of course the rector looked up slowly and encountered her eyes two points of unblinking light they startled him a little a faint wistful perplexity dimmed his own he had such an unfathomable reverence for the mysteries of a woman's heart and nature he says he is coming to see us in a day or two he continued does he cried honora she sat more upright still her eyes sparkled more you are glad honora said the rector with the utmost gentleness oh very rippled out her clear tones there are matters in which mr littleton can help me i need advice in my reading there are all sorts of modern books the very newest to which he can direct me all was not finished she continued smiling across the table with my college career my degree i mean to do some literary work original work father mr littleton can help me he will be most useful ah the rector had a certain deep and tender reticence into which he now dropped all his fatherly surmises he continued his meal in a silence which was unbroken by honora save that once she looked up from her busy thoughts and rather shyly put the following question do you think that while mr littleton is here you would object to our having late dinner instead of supper do as you like my dear responded the rector in immediate concession after supper followed in the order of domestic rule family prayers the table being cleared before honora had made any attempt to adjourn to the green drawing-room the servant placed a bible and church prayer-book before the rector honora had forgotten all about family prayers there was some hesitation in her manner and additional colour in her cheek as she unwillingly seated herself upon the sofa the college curriculum and the dipping into everything which had accompanied it had gradually and insensibly purged from her heart and intellect any belief in religious dogma mr littleton's influence had perhaps been paramount in this matter real pain and an honourable tumult troubled her as she prepared to take her unreal part in the ceremony the rector in utter unconsciousness of her thoughts opened the bible and drew a candle near to aid his sight he held it close to him with one hand and it flickered disagreeably while he sat with his hooked nose and short-sighted eyes peering into the page the circumstance affected honora again with a sense of dreariness besides that more excruciating question in casuistry her father's reading was slow and by and by his voice lulled her restless thoughts and even excluded her attention her mind departed to other matters and when the servants knelt down she followed the same order automatically it had been an old dream of hers to undertake the study necessary for a work upon greek vases it was to be a minute examination of the progressive art of greece its civilization myths and manners as the ornamentation of pictures upon vases illustrated it while her father's reverential voice read over the collects for the day she was entirely absorbed in an imaginary conversation with mr littleton in which she confided to him the projected form and scope of the work suddenly however something arrested her attention words that were 
unfamiliar fell upon her ear those sentences were not in the prayer-book and the tone in which they were pronounced trembled exceedingly she left off thinking about greek vases and listened against her will and this was what she heard hearing with surprise but without understanding thou that searchest the heart as with a candle make clear to me also my ignorance and my error that i who have prescribed thy commandment unto others betray not in my own person the good and just charity delivered unto us that i thy appointed overseer in righteousness forget not to be an imitator of christ's endurance nor set my head high where his lay low prevent me that i fall not into the sin of covetousness with ananias and with that valence whom by the mouth of thy servant polycarp thou didst resist but that forsaking the vain doing of the many i may return unto the command which was delivered to us from the beginning from which let nothing visible or invisible move me meekly in my heart i receive thy judgment lord and as one who is beginning to learn for christ's sake amen there was a deep pause before the rector his voice still trembling exceedingly pronounced the benediction upon the small assembly then the servants rose and honora with them she seated herself again upon the sofa and being left alone with her father turned her eyes upon him questioningly wondering whether he expected her to remain or whether she might retire to her books she found that he was gazing at her with an expression not easily to be fathomed honora said he there was that in his tone which made her heart stand still in extraordinary apprehension End of chapter one